Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind the Scenes Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Audrey. And on this podcast, we share the messy, honest, unfiltered, and not so curated parts of our life. Think of this podcast as a bunch of bloopers with some truth bombs sprinkled throughout. That's right. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes of our daily routines, our social media feeds, and what you may or may not have seen on TV. We're going to be talking relationships, family, faith, business, basically whatever we are learning about, fighting about, or laughing about lately. We're going to be sharing our daily life, our struggles, successes, and our roses and thorns from each week. And we don't want this podcast to just be about us. So we're also going to go behind the scenes with some of the people who inspire us the most. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Come hang out. It is not popular to say this, but the reality is if you can fall into love, you can most definitely fall out of love. And sometimes it happens, you know, it feels like you're just tripping out of it in the same way you trip into it. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a choice. You just wake up one day and you're asking yourself, am I, I think I love them or, you know, I think I don't anymore. Mm -hmm. So today's episode is not that depressing, I guess, but it's yeah, a, it's really not. <laughs> it's a really good episode because that is, uh, that is a reality. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, you know, this concept is, is in large how we wrapped up our book with like, okay, so like you build this like beautiful love story. How do you protect it? So how do you protect it? Yeah. Um, because, you know, all of our love stories, are susceptible to suffering unhappy endings if mm-hmm. we do not protect them. And so there's multiple ways, obviously, to protect love and protect your love story. And so today we're going to talk about a couple of those. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to read... Uh, the we're going to pr- share with you guys for free the last chapter of our book, which is called Protect Your Love. Yeah. Um, so if you've already read the book, if you already listened to the audio book, um, we're going to still, we're going to talk a little bit before we play that section and then we're going to talk afterwards. So um, there's still going to be hopefully some new stuff in here for you. We're also going to break down, there's this um, kind of call out box that we have in the book at the end of the book that is, it, go, it walks through some of our ideas for protecting your marriage in a bullet point list. And we're going to kind of elaborate on some of those ideas after we play that section of the audiobook. So yeah. stick around to the end of the episode for that. Definitely. Um, and, and there's also some really cool news at the end um, as well. Yeah. But I think the main, the main um, you know, ways that Jeremy and I, if we could sum it up, like in our whole book, we talk well, about all these different ways but, that we protect our love story, like whether it's through, you know, um, communicating our needs and spending unhindered time together and through patience or, or demoing each other's walls and all these different ways that, that we talk about in the book when we're telling all the different stories that are in the book. But we felt like if we had to sum up in three main things, categories, yeah, what are the three main ways that we, that we, and that you. we see everybody else protect like with healthy marriages protecting their love story and that is through boundaries before we go through these i just want to say one thing and that is you know just the pause the really positive side is this is like okay love is susceptible to failure but it can be protected and that's the positive side 
you know, of kind of this whole conversation. Right. I just want to say that because that's a positivity. It's some people think of this as like a negative thing, but no, this is actually really good. Yeah, really like positive. do you think wearing a seatbelt is a negative thing? No, no, yeah. you know, we, but you don't protect yourself when you get in a car accident after you get in a car accident you don't put your seatbelt on then you put it on before so, yeah, so the whole concept is basically something that we're passionate about just inspiring people to do and take action in when it comes to their marriage how can you proactively be protecting it so that you can yeah. prevent yourself from and just be thoughtful because it's like you know you don't run a marathon on accident it takes mm-hmm. many 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 decisions discipline boundaries guide rails rules that you place on your life in order to achieve that outcome in the same way a beautiful healthy fun love story you know lived throughout the course of your life is obviously the product of hundreds and thousands of micro decisions and um, you know, running a marathon doesn't happen on accident and a amazing, healthy, you know, marriage or relationship or whatever doesn't happen on accident. It mm-hmm. takes time and healthy perspective and growth and all those things. Yes. Okay. We're rambling now. So, so the main three things that we, if we had to sum it up are boundaries, rhythms, and prayer. And we're going to walk through each of those really quick, just briefly touch on, you know, what are some of our boundaries, what are some of our rhythms, and how is prayer a tool to protect our love story real quick before we play the audiobook. Um, but those are kind of the, the main buckets that if we had to sum up, you know, what are the three main ways that we protect our love stories is through those. So boundaries is the first one. Yeah. So, Jared, do you want to walk through some of the boundaries that yeah, we so, have? And this is by no means like prescriptive for you and your love story wherever you're at. Um, but just to get you thinking about, you know, do I have boundaries for my marriage or for my dating relationship or for my engaged relationship? Yeah. And those boundaries will change, you know, as you move through your love story from dating to engaged to married to married for a long time. You might need to tweak some of these boundaries um, over time or add new ones. And that's OK. But here's some of ours to hopefully help you get thinking about um, some boundaries that you could create to protect your own love story. Yeah, definitely. And before I kind of go through ours, you know, a lot of people think of boundaries as like this inhibiting thing or like mm-hmm. lack of freedom. And it's just the opposite. It's actually the health of our boundaries and the, and the health of those guide rails and and rules, I guess, that we place on our life that we actually find freedom. Yeah. And that is a true and true reality. And to think otherwise is a falsity mm-hmm. in my, in not just my opinion, but, you know, anyone that's thought about this seriously. Um, so a couple of our boundaries are, you know, we don't use social media on Sunday and that kind of ties into, you know, our Sabbath rhythm, which we'll get into in a minute. We don't check our phones during date night. Mm -hmm. So unless we're like mapping ourselves somewhere, we, we make, uh, make it, uh, intention. (laughs) What? We are very intentional about not checking our phones. Unless it's like, we're going to take our phone out to take one picture, you know, snap, and then it's like, it gets put away or whatever, but. Yeah. And the reason we do those is, you know, social media on on Sunday, it's just one day a week that we, that we say like no to, you know, the trap of comparison, the use of social media, just all the distraction distraction of it, the angst that comes with it. And we work a lot from our phones and, and, and we social, use social media. media as a tool for work too. And so, so it, yeah. it's just a, it's a time suck. And so, you know, we've found that to be a very, very healthy boundary that actually makes our time on it more productive because we, you know, we've put that boundary around it. Uh, don't check our phones during date night. We don't get on our phones in bed. Mm-hmm. And this is something we do really, really good at. And then we'll have like, you know, a season of relapsing and then we'll do like really, really good at it. Cause this is hard. 
And I think there's, I think it gets trickier when, like, for example, like when we were on book tour, we were on our phones in bed, like posting and sharing things and like, excited, you know, but with that, it was like, it wasn't like we were just separately on our phones doing our thing. It was like, we were kind of on them together. It was like a shared act of like, we're doing something. And I feel like in certain situations, like that's been okay. We've given ourselves grace for that. But I think on the whole, like, you know, just realizing that like the bed is not a good place for work or being on your phone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just setting a boundary around that I think has been a healthy thing yeah. for and us. Yeah, and when I say the relapse, what I mean is it's difficult to like, because we had that season of intentionality and grace where we like kind of took off the boundaries, it's been hard to adjust back into that healthy rhythm in yeah, our like- to be really intentional. In our normal day-to-day life. Um, but being on book tour isn't, necessarily normal for you know most folks but um but even if it's vacation like we went to hawaii and it was the same thing like you know we kind of had these back-to-back like sort of things (laughs) absolutely that that, yeah but anyways we have access to each other's social media accounts i think this is a big one and um really this is again like a lot of these boundaries is just set in place to protect your love so it's like Am I logging into Audrey's Instagram every day? No, I almost never do. But she knows I have access to it, mm-hmm. and li- vice versa. It's just something. It's a way we've relinquished not just you know the you know the individualism, individualistic nature of it, but mm-hmm. it's a way we've given each other permission to uh, you know see hold each other accountable, hold each other of. accountable, see behind the curtain. And like I said, it's not because I don't trust Audrey. It's not because yeah. she doesn't trust that's, me. That's a good myth distinction is like I feel like with a lot of these boundaries are just when people talk about these kind of things some people can get really like ooh like they have massive trust issues and it's like yeah, no it's like, that's not, not the point and that's not like you're missing the point if you're thinking that like no it's just to create like a space where you just you can hold each other accountable and it's an open door that yeah. nothing is a secret nothing is just yours you know what i mean it's just it's a oneness thing like yeah and the vulnerability that you know should be allowed to happen inside the marriage covenant you know it it needs protecting and it needs uh dev- things set in place in order to allow it to thrive and just knowing that we share each other's social media passwords is one of those like kind of subconscious ways that we, you know, we've done that. And I think you guys can too. Um, what's another one? We, oh yeah, we don't go out on one-on-one uh, coffee or drinks or dates with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. And this is one that a lot of people get hung up on. What we mean, so okay. If, if you get hung up on this, just read the cha- what's it, what's what chapter is it in our code of conflict? I think it's our code of conflict. There's a whole story that we tell in our code of conflict that basically is the reason why we don't do this. And, and let me, again, there are some exceptions. Like, well, let me clarify some things, babe. Yeah, okay, you clarify. Okay, if you're going on a one-on-one with your boss. As like your review. Yeah, please it's, don't take this it's so like, literally. That's, like that's not <laughs> what we're trying to get at. <laughs> Be, don't compromise your job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's or, but it's, or like, there are times where this is totally fine and acceptable. What this is speaking to is like, oh hey, 
I have this like really good best friend and from college from college that I want to get back together and with. I'm going to get back together with them. Or hey, like I'm gonna get go on consistent dates with this person of the opposite sex. I don't care how good of friends you are, but it's gonna be something you do, you know, once a month, and and it, there's this consistent pattern of or it. Or maybe you have a coworker All where it's like saying, you and him get lunch together every day, every week day. after week, and it's not really necessary. There's no agenda. It's just building the friendship. All we're saying is that is a breeding ground for you know potential havoc and yeah. Um, and you can read about why we think that that is that it's this is not something to say like Jeremy and I have friends of the opposite sex lots of them okay so we're not saying don't have friends of the opposite sex we're just saying be careful about one-on-one time specifically with the opposite sex because even if you have no even if it's just completely a what's the word that people say about um relationships where it's Oh, um, uh, platonic. platonic. Like even yeah. if it's just completely platonic, well, it should there's be, of no course. right. Obviously, <laughs> there's no in, like there's no feelings. There's no anything. It's still um, an emotional connection. It, yes, you can build an emotional connection with someone. You can build a really really strong friendship with someone of the opposite sex. That, like at the end of the day, I want Jeremy to be my best friend. I don't want some yeah. other guy of the opposite sex to become my best friend or to be even close to like that level of friendship intimacy that I have with Jeremy. And so I'm protective of that. It, yeah, exactly. We so, have friends of the opposite sex. We just have boundaries to protect that friendship because babe, I've, as you said in the book, we can't, we can't um, decide who we fall in love with, but we can decide who we spend time with. Yes. And love doesn't mean sexuality. And mm-hmm. I know America has manipulated that to, you know, your your sexual orientation is all about like who you get physically intimate with, but that's not, mm-hmm. anyways, that's just a twisted, it's just, it's a twisted way to, to view it. And the emotional connection can be just as strong as the marital connection without having been physically consummated. Yep. And that's just as big of a problem than having an affair. Right. And nobody sets out to have an intentional affair. An affair happens because of a hundred thousands and thousands of innocent, seemingly insignificant incidences that build up into a relationship so big that one day you're standing asking yourself, what the heck just happened? Yeah. And there are four examples of what Jeremy just laid out in podcast episodes on our podcast. We literally sit down and talk with four couples who have walked through infidelity in their marriage, an affair, a divorce, and then getting back together. Um, I believe it's, it's, Mark and Jamie Nato episode, um, Jana Kramer and her husband, Mike. It's the Scruggs episode from, I believe, mm-hmm. like last week. Um, we'll put them in the notes. So. I can't remember. But yeah, those episodes have great, um, just great. Insight. Like it exactly touches on what Jeremy just said. And then also, again, if you want to read a little bit about our story and why this is something that like we feel passionate about, you can read the Code of Conflict chapter in our book. Yeah, and then these last two boundaries kind of go hand in hand with um, that. That with that boundary, it's we don't keep text, emails, or social media message messages to the opposite sex a secret. Like we just again, it's open door policy. We have access to each other's phones and iMessages and everything. And then we don't text old boyfriends or girlfriends without the other person knowing about it. And so I think and also let's yeah, I want to talk about these for a little bit, yeah, babe. Sure. And. I feel like these both need a little context because people tend to take some of these at face value. Like, you mean to tell me that if your mom texted, it's like, okay, okay. 
And guys, I'm not kidding. I think you guys... People okay. will say that. <laughs> I think people say that, but also, like, if you guys know our heart by now, like, you know that's not what we're saying. Yeah, like, they, that's not what we're saying. I what we're don't saying think is we need to make that disclaimer every now, and, every now and then, you will find yourself being texted by someone, um, or you'll have a conversation with someone, and something in your spirit, something in your soul or your heart will just, like, twinge. Mm-hmm. And you know... And I'm telling you right now, what that is, is that is a seed. That is a mm-hmm. seed placed not by God into your heart. And if and we don't want that seed to grow. Yeah. That is a seed that needs to get extinguished and killed immediately. And how, it, how it's done that is through um, honesty and truth, truthfulness. And uh, oh, what am I, what's the word I'm searching for? Um, openness, babe. What am I? I don't know. I guess maybe Sorry. maybe honesty is that word I'm looking for, but like it's just be honest. And so that this is a boundary that we've set. So you know, every now and then, Audrey and I will get texted by someone, and I'll just be like, or like Audrey, one thing that we do practically well, on this is let me finish that because it's an open ended thought. Okay, Hold yeah. on. and I'll just be like, hey babe, I got texted by this person today, and you know, we did this, this, and this, and I was just like, oh cool, thanks for telling me. Done. But it's uprooted because the devil loves the enemy loves to work in the hidden those hidden corners, and that's where. That's where, you know, things grow. And I think more than that, too, like we've also set a precedent that if one of us has to text someone of the opposite sex, like we just loop in the other person. Like Jeremy doesn't text our nanny, just Jeremy and our nanny. Like she always loops in me because she knows like that's just like a precedent that we. But like also even like with work people, like other people that like like are our our contractors and stuff, like our team, like it's if I like I don't just text the guys on our team. Jeremy doesn't just text the girls on our team. It's like if we have a guy contractor and I need to be and the guy contractor needs to text me, he will loop in Jeremy because like we've set that precedent because we do that when we are reaching out to them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think just looping each other in on those, even if it's friends, like, you know, we're totally. helping someone plan a surprise birthday party for their wife. Like the husband isn't going to text just me. He's going to loop in Jeremy. Yeah. You know what or, I mean? Or if they don't, because again, not everyone's going to have this standard. Aj and I, we do. So if that doesn't happen, I will usually reply with Audrey looped in mm-hmm. and it'll be a new group that, and she'll do the same thing. And that thing. automatically like just kind and, of sends the picture to yeah. people. <laughs> well, it, and people love it. Like some people are like, wow, like that was, it, people notice it. And again, this isn't because I don't trust Audrey and Audrey doesn't trust me. This It's one of those things when people ask, well, like why, why, why do you do that? Or why would I do that? I mean, it's like, well, why not? And then they're left going, well, that's a good question. Like, I don't know why I wouldn't do that uh, because I, it doesn't concern them. Well, it doesn't, directly concern your spouse, but indirectly there are implications. And let me paint a quick picture for you guys. So let's say like you are planning that birthday party and a couple of texts get sent. And then next thing you know, um, you know, something needs to be done or said and your spouse is completely out of the loop, you know, and then next thing you know, an inside joke happens or whatever. And this is all fine and innocent stuff. The point is if that continues to happen either A, with that one person continually or with many people, it just builds something that's seeds of separateness. And seeds of unity and seeds of separateness is a concept we talk in great length in chapter six, I think, in the book, The Principle of Sharing, um, in the book, A Love Letter Life, The Principle of Sharing. Uh, But anyways, it just ways that things can fester. So we rambled a little bit here, but I think we needed this context for these topics because a lot of people tend to get bent out on like what we actually mean. And we're trying to be very clear. Like this isn't a trust issue. It takes more than trust to protect something. It takes boundaries. So let's move on to the next because we took some time there. 
rhythms as protection. Um, the way I describe rhythms in this chapter, the way we describe rhythms in this chapter is rhythms are consistent patterns of behavior that help produce desired outcomes. So, you know, I like to think of rhythms as like rhythms to lifestyle, like practices to sports. They help you get better and closer to the skill and the type of person or lifestyle that you want to be or have. So if you want to be a good soccer player, there are, you know, there's the rhythm of practice, skill setting, you know, muscle training, mental fitness. It's like there's all these rhythms you put into place to become that person. Likewise with our lifestyle, there are rhythms we can put into place to live and have the lifestyle that we want. So Um, some of ours are, you know, date night, our Sabbath, which we've already talked about. I think one of the biggest ones for us is our marriage journal. That's a weekly rhythm of communication for us. It's our weekly check-in. You know, we have daily check-ins too of also that are just like shorter, but this is kind of our time to talk about the things that we just never really have a good time to talk about them during the week. It's that set-aside time we know we're going to have to share what's on our heart with each other, to yeah. understand each other a little bit better, to learn what brought each other joy that week, to learn what was hard that week. How we can serve each to other. To learn how week. we can serve and pray for each other, to confess any any sin or any um, or work through any conflict that we may need to. And I think another thing too is it's just it's I feel like a lot of times we hear from people just on beating fifty or on social media or in comments or emails that we get a lot of a lot of husbands and wives really struggle with like, well, I really want to, let's just take boundaries because that was the last example we had. I really want to like create some boundaries for my marriage, but how do I bring that up with my husband? Yeah. Or I really want to talk, um, to create boundaries with my wife or my wife, but how do I bring that up with her? And I think for us, this like the marriage journal has been that time for us to have those conversations without us having to like figure out how to bring something up. It's like, we know during that time. Or spoil a date night. Exactly. Cause like, I think one thing that we learned early in our marriage is like date nights are not for having the hard, crazy, heavy conversations and working through conflict. Cause then you end up crying in the restaurant and hating the date night and it's not fun and you need fun in your marriage. (laughs) Ideally date nights are not for marriage work. Yeah. It's like, they can, they can be every now and then, you know, and we do that, but that's a great point, babe. But I think just, we learned that like, we needed that time, you know, or we actually, we didn't, we learned that after we were doing the marriage journal before that we've been doing it since our honeymoon, but it's been a great rhythm for our marriage probably the best rhythm of um communication in our marriage absolutely and well and so and for me it gives me a known like space to know like okay i'm going to show emotion and talk and and audrey really 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 needs that from me and i know i have a space to do that and likewise for me i know that like there's a space audrey has to do that herself and so it's not going to be like, you know, at any and all random times throughout the week, I'm expected to, you know, uh, I guess, get emotional or have specific conversations at a whim. Usually Audrey and I kind of share, or sorry, we reserve specific conversations for that space because we know we're both going to have it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, babe? I feel yeah, like- it made sense to me, but... Okay, I hope that sense makes sense to others. others. Also, you guys... Well, and just to outline what the marriage, because if you guys are like, what is this marriage journal? It's essentially six questions. They're the same questions every single week. We ask them to each other every single week. And we've been doing this for five years of our marriage and every week. So we actually took those six questions and we 
put them into this journal with also weekly devotionals of encouragement and a calendar for you and your spouse to get on the same page about things that are coming up in the week, like whether it's big work things or big life things or, you know, events or engagements that you have with other people or people coming to your house for dinner, whatever. That way you don't have conflict because you've overscheduled on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and so it just is a repeating thing. It's the same thing every week. It is not hard. It usually takes us 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes though we have those longer weeks where it's a half an hour. It has been yeah. an hour or two before. Um, but I think keeping the rhythm consistent is what keeps the time down too. Yeah. Um, and it's just been an amazing tool for our marriage. So, and on that also, are we going to share? Cause it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, First of all, I want to say, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for more than this episode, you obviously care about your relationship and you want to be intentional. And if you haven't at least checked out The Marriage Journal at themarriagejournal.com, I would highly recommend doing that. This is seriously a fantastic tool that thousands of couples have now gone through and use and continue to do it year after year. So I'm just going to straight up say like, you know, check at least go and read it about it on the marriagejournal.com. You can see it, you can look at it and all the, all the things. Also for podcast listeners, podcast 10 gets you 10% off. And if you're thinking this is the old pink gray thing, it's not, it's totally redone, <laughs> brand new look feel. Um, we basically made it branded. We re, a we lot totally cooler. redid it. And we took a lot of your guys' feedback. So a lot of you who've been doing the marriage journal for like three years, like you have three marriage journals, you buy them every year. Yeah. This is, we took a lot of it, your feedback and we made the marriage journal even better. And Jeremy specifically has been working really hard on it to make it like branded really nice, to feel really good, to just be a higher quality thing. And so we're really like proud of it and yeah. excited about it. So And we worked really hard on it. Um to and we took all your guys' feedback, like Audrey said, and really made it a special tool. It's something that you're gonna want to leave on your coffee table because it looks so beautiful now. So yeah. go check it out, themarriagejournal.com. We're really excited about it and we know it's gonna bless you guys. So um yeah. Okay. And, and then the third bucket of um how we protect our love is through prayer, which kind of is, you know, really just bringing God into our relationship to yeah, center us around him and because he is like the ultimate protector of our love if we allow him to be and mm-hmm. invite him into that and so I think for us you know praying for each other but also with each other has been a huge you know way to protect our love whether it's praying specifically for our marriage or or just praying for other people other things praising God together thanking God together that has been a huge like intimacy builder for us just praying yeah. together alone that has been in it in it of itself a protection tool for our marriage because it's been like this bonding experience for us and so we tell people a lot like we actually um a lot of times people will say like well I've never prayed with my spouse before mm-hmm. and I think like, you know, we get, we are kind of like surprised by that, but mostly just because like, wow, like you're missing out on this, you know, connecting peace with God, this intimacy um, peace and like be, just being spiritually and like emotionally more connected. And I think um, it you don't have to overcomplicate it. It doesn't need to be this big deal. Like just sit down together and, and pray together, talk to God together. Um like don't overhype it to be something that's like this stressful thing for you. I think just do it once and you'll be surprised at how much, like how life-giving it is to you and yeah. to your marriage. Yeah. Um, well, and, so we challenge and, you, if you've never prayed with your spouse, marriage, do it 
and let us know that you did. DM us or something. Yeah. And marriage being that triple, I just thought of this, babe. Marriage being that triple stranded cord, you know, like each cord has a health of its own. And, you know, the health of our relationship with the Lord is our prayer life. And if we completely like nix that out of our relationship, that he- the health of that third strand is going to shrivel up slowly but surely. And eventually mm-hmm. it's not going to be there leaving you with two strands, which obviously isn't very strong. Yeah. Um, so that's just a thought there. But okay. So that's kind of the three buckets. We're now going to play Should the I? final chapter of yeah. our book, A Love Letter Life. It's called Protect Your Love. It's a short chapter. It's the shortest chapter in the whole book. So listen in. And afterwards, so don't skip it. Yeah, afterwards, we're going to unpack our ideas for protecting your marriage and how we protect our love. 11. Protect your love. Jeremy. Audrey and I met unexpectedly on January 16th, 2010. Under a brick archway, she opened the door and I saw her for the first time, speckled with mud and sweat, shimmering in the glow of the streetlight. Our love story began in that doorway. Over the next two years, we fell in love, deeper and deeper, until we had something we couldn't imagine losing, each other. After three years of doing long distance, we promised to love each other for better or for worse, till death do us part. Ever since our wedding day, we've been living out that promise and continuing to pursue a love story worth reading one day. Audrey and I still consider ourselves to be in the early chapters of a love story that we never want to end. However, As we look at the world around us, it's quite clear that love, if not protected, often does not endure. Sooner or later, most of us are touched by failed love. We have parents who divorce, close friends who couldn't seem to make it work, or our own heartbreaking experiences. We have to reckon with the fact that if love is something we can fall into, it is something we can fall out of. If we don't protect it, our love story can suffer an unhappy ending. We've all heard it said, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Although the actual numbers may vary slightly, this is a shocking estimate. The actual divorce rate is a difficult metric to measure because of all the unmeasurable and unreported variables involved. However, even if it's in the ballpark, this should be a call to arms for everyone who desires a love that lasts. Throughout each chapter of this book, we share different ways we've pursued and protected our love story. Through patience, unhindered time, community, demolishing walls, creative pursuit, pursuing the Lord, communicating our needs, being willing to change, the principle of sharing, managing our expectations, our code of conflict, purity, wise counsel, illuminating the past, and reconciliation. Of all the different ways we seek to safeguard our love, Three things have stood out as pillars of protection. Boundaries, rhythms, and prayer. Boundaries as protection. Authors Henry Cloud and John Townsend defined a boundary as a property line. One of the functions of healthy boundaries is to protect the property of our relationship from trespassing. In Boundaries in Marriage, Cloud and Townsend write, While many dynamics go into producing and maintaining love, Over and over again, one issue is at the top of the list, boundaries. When boundaries are not established in the beginning of a marriage or when they break down, marriages break down as well. For this intimacy to develop and grow, there must be boundaries. As Audrey and I entered into marriage, 
we knew that the locomotive of our love would not stay on track without boundaries. Boundaries are the protective rail lines of our love. Boundaries are designed to protect, not prohibit. For example, a ski boundary line, a divider on a freeway, directions on the back of a medicine bottle. These boundaries are not set in a place to hold us back. They are set in place to safeguard us. Boundaries in marriage are no different. Their purpose is to protect our marriage from division, hurt, bitterness, animosity, and miscommunication. Early on in our marriage, Aj and I were encouraged to protect our love by setting boundaries for our finances, our friendships, and our technology, specifically social media. I believe that the overuse of social media is posing a massive threat to our love stories. It can be a tempting place to zone out, escape, or invite wandering eyes. It can allow comparison to steal the joy that our love stories were meant to experience. It can steal our time, causing us to spend more of it scrolling feeds than connecting with our loved ones. Without boundaries for phone and social media use, we'll lose our grip on what it means to truly connect. Here are a few of the boundaries we use to protect our love story. We don't use social media on Sunday. We don't check our phone during the date night. We don't get on our phones in bed. We have access to each other's social media accounts. We don't go out one-on-one, coffee and drinks, with the opposite sex. We don't keep texts, emails, or social media messages to the opposite sex a secret. We don't text old boyfriends, girlfriends, without the other knowing about it. We encourage you to come up with your own list of boundaries. It doesn't need to be exhaustive, nor does it need to be completed overnight. Just begin the conversation for the sake of protecting your love. Rhythms as protection. Rhythms are constant and reliable. They are a way to build consistent patterns of behavior for successful outcomes. Rhythms have been monumental in our marriage for protecting our love. The rhythm of date night, taking an annual trip, keeping a Sabbath, putting our phones away at certain times, working out, nightly walks, all are life rhythms of consistency that help us work toward the life and marriage we want. You know that famous quote, failing to plan is planning to fail? I believe the same is true with rhythms. Throughout the years of our marriage, we've established daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, and yearly rhythms. We have implemented rhythms for rest, rhythms for health, rhythms for family, rhythms for celebration, and rhythms for communication. Some have come and gone with certain seasons of life, but some are constant across all seasons. We've noticed that all the folks who have marriages we look up to have rhythms, consistent patterns of behavior that they can rely on. After seeing how vital and helpful healthy rhythms are, we decided to make our model for this year the art of rhythm. Every year, our family focuses on something to work on. Last year, it was the art of saying no. This year, we focused on healthy rhythms and how to live with consistent patterns of behavior that produce the life we want. If there is one rhythm that has had the most impact on our love story, it has been our weekly rhythm for connecting and communicating with each other, our marriage journal. The number one piece of marriage advice we got during our wedding season was communicate, communicate, communicate. Some couples are naturally gifted at this. Bless them. For the rest of us, communication comes with a learning curve and requires practice. In an effort to lay the groundwork for healthy communication in our marriage, we committed during our honeymoon to asking ourselves a series of questions once a week. The questions were simple, but incredibly effective for cultivating consistent, clear, and honest communication. 
We committed to asking each other the same six questions every week for the first year of our marriage. This weekly rhythm helped us understand each other better so we could love each other better. It was so helpful for us that first year that we committed to continuing the rhythm. A couple of years ago, we developed and self-published this weekly rhythm into a journal, the Marriage Journal, with the hope of helping other couples connect, communicate, and grow in love. The basis of the Marriage Journal is six questions that we ask each other and record our answers to. Each week also has its own short, encouraging devotional and a calendar to help you and your spouse get on the same page before you head into the week. At the end of each journal session, we end our time in prayer, which has helped establish a rhythm for prayer in our marriage as well. The Marriage Journal is a rhythm that has been the gift that keeps on giving, and I feel like I could write an entire book about all that it's done for our marriage. But this is not that book. Prayer as Protection I've heard it said that one of the truest tests of your love for someone is how often and fervently we pray for them. In other words, prayer is evidence of love. If you're married, do you pray for your spouse? Do you pray with your spouse? An experienced married couple challenged Audrey and me a few years ago when they asked us, when you encounter conflict in your marriage, do you pray about it more than you talk about it? This statement still convicts us today. I've heard it said that our relationship with God is only as strong as our prayer life. Prayer is a relationship, a conversation, an ordering of our worship. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. For us, praying together has increased our intimacy our faith, our connectedness, our dreams, our vision, our direction, and our love. Praying together has brought unity and connectedness. Satan wants to bring division and detachment. Praying together has been a way to partner with God. Satan tempts us to believe we don't need God's partnership. Praying together brings God's truth and will into the light. Satan wants us to walk in the darkness of lies. Praying together offers a testimony to God's faithfulness as we see our prayers being answered. Satan wants to blind us from the way God is working in our life and marriage. Praying together keeps our lives focused and in tune with the Holy Spirit. Satan wants us to fall asleep or get distracted by something else. We believe that prayer is the best first line of defense when we encounter struggles, issues of the heart, and conflict. It should be our go-to, not our last resort. Pray for each other, for your future marriage and family, for your discernment and decisions, for the Lord to guide your relationship, for your dreams and desires, for life circumstances, for growth in your knowledge of the truth, for the ability to walk in wisdom, for a heart that longs to praise God, and for protection over your love story. I love how Tim Keller describes the value of prayer. Prayer is the only entryway into genuine self-knowledge. It is also the main way we experience deep change, the reordering of our loves. Prayer is how God gives us so many of the unimaginable things He has for us. Indeed, prayer makes it safe for God to give us many of the things we most desire. It is the way we know God, the way we finally treat God as God. Prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. One simple way you can pray protection over your love story is by praying the armor of God.
Ephesians 6, 13-17, over your loved one while inserting their name. For example, Father God, thank you for giving me Audrey to love. In an effort to love her better, I want to pray your armor over her. Would you place on Audrey's head the helmet of salvation to guard her thoughts and mind in Christ? Place on her chest the breastplate of righteousness to guard her heart and keep it pure. Wrap around her waist the belt of truth to prevent any lies from creeping into her thoughts or head and to keep her far from temptation. Put the sandals of peace on her feet to keep her walking bravely and courageously without fear or worry. Give her the shield of faith to trust in your leading. Lord, train her in the sword of the Spirit to fight against the fiery arrows of attack. Cover her with your full protection and armor as she enters the battlefield today. In Jesus' name, amen. We realize that someone may listen to this chapter and say, well, I don't set boundaries, establish rhythms, or pray, and my relationship is fine. Well, I passed my SAT and said the same thing to all the kids who spent hours studying for it, but I took a risk, and some would call it a foolish one. Just because it worked doesn't mean it was smart. I imagine the hurt of failed love isn't worth the risk. We don't put our seatbelt on when we need it, we put it on before we need it. The same should be true for protecting our love. Don't wait until your marriage or relationship has crashed to protect it. It's much easier to protect it than to put it back together. Ultimately, we believe that the greatest protector of love is God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31 And God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. 1 John 4.8 As we invite God into our love story and allow Him to be the strand that prevents us from unraveling, Ecclesiastes 4.12, we are able to love more intentionally, more creatively, and more faithfully. We're all in the process of writing a love story. Maybe you're dating and have just begun the first chapter. Maybe you're married and on chapter 15. Or maybe you're single and writing an exciting prologue. Wherever you are at in your love story, protect it. Be intentional. Get creative. And stay faithful. Ideas for protecting your marriage. Protect your marriage by spending time alone with God daily. Protect your marriage by never speaking poorly of your spouse to others. Protect your marriage through sex. Protect your marriage through wise counsel or professional counsel if necessary. Protect your marriage by finding a community that holds you accountable, encourages you, and prays for you. Protect your marriage by safeguarding your relationships with friends of the opposite sex. Protect your marriage by prioritizing your relationship with your spouse over all other relationships. Protect your marriage through intentional weekly check-in times, using the marriage journal as a guide, for example, and through consistent communication. Protect your marriage by setting boundaries in the workplace and on outside activities in general. Protect your marriage through the principle of sharing. Protect your marriage with honesty, no secrets. Protect your marriage by doing the little things. Protect your marriage by praying for your marriage and your spouse. Protect your marriage by establishing phone and social media boundaries. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that chapter. It's definitely one of our favorite chapters in the book, right, babe? Yeah. Hopefully it didn't spoil the book for you if you haven't read it because it's the last chapter. But yeah. um, so, it's kind uh, of the overview of, yeah. of the book on the whole. So, um, If in the beginning of this 
episode, I mentioned some exciting news at the end. And here is that really exciting news. And for context, a little while ago, I ran a poll on my Instagram asking what's, you know, why, if you follow us, you listen to the podcast, you engage on Beating 50, like, and you haven't yet gotten this book, A Love Letter Life. I was just curious as to why, what's the holdup? One of the number one options was finances. And I, you know, we totally understand that. And although we wish we could, you know, buy this book for everyone. That's obviously not possible. So we've been trying to do some giveaways as much as possible. And I've been on a hunt to find ways to get the book to more people for free because of that. Mm-hmm. And I found a way. And no, this isn't sound bait or clickbait. <laughs> so <laughs> <It's> actually true. <laughs> this is actually true. And I'm pretty excited about it. Um, okay. So here is the exciting news. So this is not clickbait. And we found a way to get you guys the audiobook for free. So uh, we've partnered with Audible. And if you go to audibletrial.com backslash Roloff, you'll be able to download. Um, that'll sign you up for a free 30-day trial for Audible. And you'll be able to download your first book as well for free. And you can make that book a love letter life. And if you guys don't know about Audible, uh, you know they have over 180,000 books on there. And if you have a subscription, you can listen to any book at any time, whenever you want. Um, so you can go to you know the Audible trial and take a look at everything that they offer. But your first 30 days are free, and you can download our book, A Love Letter Life, for free as well. All you need to do is go to Audible Audible Trial dot com slash roll off. And that's your code. And you can get a Love Letter Life audiobook for free. So there we go. Hope, Do it. <laughs> hope you guys take advantage of that. That's that's pretty exciting. Free I'm pretty book. pumped on that because that it by and large solved the biggest problem that um people weren't able to access this book. So there we go. I hope that's that. helpful. Yeah. So um cool. okay. We're gonna go through a couple ideas for protecting your marriage that were mentioned in this chapter. We're going to we're going to just kind of read through them as a little recap, but if any of them need context, we're going to we're going to go into them. So, yep. Ideas for protecting your marriage. Okay, so protect your marriage by spending time alone with God daily. I think that's a given. Kind of a no-brainer. Kind of a no-brainer, but for us, it's just a way for us to individually recenter, you know. It, well, let me caveat this by saying, you know, they're like Audrey's a mom. Right. And there are seasons where that's really hard for her to do. But by and large, it's that's the type of thing or habit or rhythm that we want to implement into our life for our relationship with the Lord, because that ultimately mm-hmm. is going to affect our relationship together. Mm-hmm. Protect your marriage by never speaking poorly of your spouse to others. I think this is really big and something Audrey yes. and I, I think have done a pretty good job at. Like, I think so too. We don't tear each other down in public. Yeah, I think this is specifically, well, not to stereotype, but I think a lot of times like in female circles, I've witnessed this happening a lot where girls are just like tearing down their husbands. It's like they're venting. It's like they're venting. And I think there's a difference between, there is a difference between like talking to your girlfriends about something hard going on in your marriage or talking to a mentor about something hard going on in your marriage. Like there are times when venting I think can be okay. But I think when it's like a group setting and you're just kind of like dissing on your spouse, like in public and there's no, and there's no, you're not asking for like help in return really on it. You're just kind of bad talking. That's not healthy. Yeah. 
not healthy at all. Yeah. That's a good point, babe. Protect your marriage through sex. This is obvious. Also a no-brainer. They call sex the glue of marriage for a reason. And it just, it's the physical representation of unity and oneness. Mm -hmm. So it's a no-brainer. Protect your marriage through wise counsel or professional counsel. Uh, for us, this is a really, really big one. Um, mentors and people older and wiser than us are a huge part of our life. And, you know, they say there's no such thing as shortcuts in life. And I totally disagree. I think shortcuts are found in mentors and they're found in people that have been there and done that, that are older and wiser and then can relay all that to you. I can't tell you how many things we've learned the short way because of wise counsel. And, and things we've been protected from yes. because of wise counsel. So. Protect your marriage by finding a community that holds you accountable, that encourages you, and prays for you. I think those three things, accountability, encouragement, and prayer, are so huge for community. I think that word community gets thrown around a lot of like, oh, this is my community. It's like, well, are they holding you accountable? Are they encouraging you? And are they praying for you? Mm-hmm. You know, because if not, like, I think I think we have to be intentional about, about community. And obviously, this isn't just a marriage thing. Like, this isn't just, a, you know— we don't have community just to protect our marriage. We have community to be better human beings and to be challenged to be more yeah. in the image of Christ and to be better parents and to be better friends and to be better workers. And we're and not designed to be lone wolves through life. Right. We're designed so, for relationships. Community is so huge. It's also so hard. Um, we hear from a lot of people when we've talked about this in the podcast and social media and just in general, like how do you find community? How do you build community? Um, that is, and that is such, it is a hard thing. I don't have a good, easy answer for that. Um, I will say we found ours through prayer. That is one of the biggest ways. Yeah. Audrey prayed for, uh, anyways, that's a really a fun story, but we, we have directly correlated the, the girth of our community towards um, and I think Audrey's also, faithful prayer. And I think also letting go of this idea that like community has to be this utopian experience of just bliss in order for it to be true community. That's yeah. not true. It I, has to be accountability, encouragement, and prayer. I forgot, and, I forgot who said this. Sorry to interrupt, babe. No, but it's okay. I forgot who said this, but someone said, um, community isn't community until someone is there that, that. that you wish wasn't. Oh, you said that? And I was just going to say it again, but yeah. Oh. You're reading my mind. Um, Anyways, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that um, community real quick. Protect your marriage by safeguarding your relationships with friends of the opposite sex. Yeah. Again, nope. we've already talked we about, already this, talked so. about that. We already talked about that, but that's that's huge. Remember, bad things don't happen on accident. They're the result of hundreds, if not thousands, of seemingly insignificant decisions. Mm-hmm. Protect your marriage by prioritizing your relationship with your spouse over all other relationships. This includes your best friends, your mom, your, your kids. kids. Which I know is one that's is probably huge. the hardest and people get the most bent out of over. Or mixed up because <laughs> a healthy, you know, f- yeah, okay, that is a whole podcast. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Who should we have on for that one? Someone with a lot of kids. That would be a really good episode. Um, yeah. Let us know if you'd be into that or what we even mean by that. Because a lot of people, anyways, okay, I'm not yeah. even going to get into it. We will on... A different episode. So protect your marriage through intentional weekly check-in times. Or, you know, these can be daily or weekly. Um, for example, the marriage journal. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about the marriage journal in this episode. And uh, if you really, if you kind of want to hear what other people are saying about it, you can go look at the reviews. I think the reviews always speak for themselves because mm-hmm. it's the most honest way to tell 
some people get bent out when we talk about the marriage journal because, oh, you guys like, you guys sell that and you made it. It's like, yeah, but we believe in it just as much. So um, listening to reading other people's reviews might help. Um, uh, you learn about it more, but protect your marriage by setting boundaries in the workplace and outside activities in general. And on outside activities in general. Yeah, I think, again, we've already talked about this earlier in the episode, but boundaries are huge. There's a book called, what's the Boundaries book by Henry Townsend? And boundaries. It's called Boundaries? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, boundaries good book marriage, recommendation think, if you want yeah. some more um, content on boundaries. Should I read that quote real quick by them? Yeah, if you have it pulled up. Yeah. So um, authors Henry Cloud and John Townsend Townsend has this really famous quote that's really, really good. And so I'm going to... They heard it in the audiobook, but yeah. Oh, they heard it in the audiobook. You guys already heard it. <laughs> They've already heard it. Okay. Okay. You guys already heard it. Well, let me just read it. Here. One of the functions of healthy boundaries is to protect the property of our relationship from trespassing. Oh, sorry. We, I wrote that. <laughs> this is oh, what, wow. You're so brilliant. Sorry, <laughs> I was reading the wrong line. This is what they quote, they said. While many dynamics go into producing and maintaining love over and over again, one issue is at the top of the list, boundaries. When boundaries are not established in the beginning of a marriage or when they break down, marriages break down as well. For this intimacy to develop and grow, there must be boundaries. Love that quote. Yeah, that's good. Um, protect your marriage through the principle of sharing. We talk all about that. I believe it's chapter six of the book for the principle of sharing, mm-hmm. um, one of our favorite chapters. Uh, so you can go read that chapter. Protect your marriage with honesty, having no secrets. Again, this goes kind of a given. Kind of a given. We talk about this uh, I, There's earlier. a quote in the book that, um, it, it's not a quote actually. I wrote it, which sounds so weird, but um, I said something along well, the lines yeah, of that, like, that's what you momentary mean. honesty might sting, but long-term lies are infectious. And it's like this this sort of visual that like, you know, a bee sting hurts for a minute, but like when you get, when, you, or when you're keeping long-term secrets, like that fester, they become infectious. They infect like your whole body. They become They infect cancer. your whole marriage. Yeah. And so, you know, even though it might hurt to be honest in the moment about something hard going on or some struggle that you're having, it's way better than letting it become this infectious lie. Yeah. That's good, babe. Protect your marriage by doing the little things. What do we mean by that? Tell them. Yeah. So what we mean by that is, you know, often people want if it's it's the little seemingly insignificant acts of service kindness love generosity humility that build up uh you know the a bigger picture of what you're building for example a single lego looks insignificant but you put a thousand legos together you have an a beautiful castle something you've built with these seemingly insignificant pieces and likewise with like relationships and marriage you know, walking up to your wife while she's doing the dishes and kissing her on the cheek from behind is a little thing, but that builds up over time to be a big thing. And as our premarital counselors talk about it, it's a daily deposit. It's a deposit in the reservoir, the bank of your love that you can pull on in later when tough times come, because they will. So that's what we mean by doing the little yep. things. Yep. Good. Protect your marriage by praying for your marriage and your spouse. Again, we've already talked, already talked about, about that. It's a given. Protect your marriage by establishing phone and social media boundaries. I think this is probably one of the biggest ones. And yeah. Jeremy and I 
we've been asking a lot of our podcast guests that we're interviewing about their love stories and relationships and marriage talk. And we all, we've been asking a lot of people like, what do you think is the greatest threat to love stories today in our world and our generation? And people said all kinds of things, but I think for Jerry and I, like one of the main threats that we see is phones and social media. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just the phone and social media. It's the effect that that's having. It's the triggers that those are causing. It's the, you know, yeah. The no boundaries on it, the no regulations or rules on it, and just... It's the greatest threat to, I mean, more than our love stories, it's the greatest threat to, to I would argue, and I know, productivity, this, I know this is going to sound audacious, but it's the greatest threat to our humanity. And don't get us wrong, like, it's the greatest tool. Like, yeah, we it's love just both. as good as it is bad, but that's why it can exactly. be just as bad. And we might need to unpack that if, we get, if you guys ask some questions about that, but... Um, I mean, the amount of love stories that are being dampened and unthrilled because of two people sitting on the couch buried in their screens is mm -hmm. crazy. The amount of missed date nights, shared experiences, first time viewings, you know, of your kid doing something, but instead you catch it secondhand because you're staring. I mean, just it's absurd. You get the idea, but it's absurd what we're missing out on because we just simply don't have boundaries. Phones aren't the problem. It's our lack of regulation that's the problem. Yeah. So got worked up there for a second. I, I was about we're to need get to do heated. That in yeah, a different simmer episode, down. I think. Don't worry. I turned the stove <laughs> down over here, so I'm I'm simmering. But so that's the list. Uh, should we do some roses and thorns? We have not done roses and thorns in a while. We thought we thought. Yeah, I was actually listening to the intro to. I was listening to um, Tuesday's episode on my drive to work, and I was listening to the intro to our episode. In the end, it's like. You know, and our roses and thorns from each week. I'm like, man, we haven't done roses and thorns in a yeah. while. We're being deceptive. We're yeah. telling people we're yeah. going to tell them something that we're not. I think we might need to redo the intro at some point. But um, anyways, babe. Okay. I think we're going to have the same rose, but what's your rose? Yeah, my rose is uh, three campfires with friends this week for sure. Mm -hmm. And our trip to the beach with... Dan and yeah. Erica. And I think this is a good, let, we're going to talk about this just a little bit because I feel like a lot of you guys don't know, and this podcast is called Behind the Scenes Podcast, but I think a lot of you guys like don't really know behind the scenes, like what we're doing every day at the office, what we're working on and like how we are doing what we're doing and- Or even like what we do. And what we do. <laughs> and I think um, we're going to start talking about that a little bit more in the like- The coming- Coming months. not season, but I guess you could future call episodes future of the future episodes. Yeah, we're going to start diving into a little bit more of what we do, how we do it, and working together with your spouse. And we're going to have some people on that have been doing it, you know, because we've been working together for five years now, um, and we've learned a thing or three about it. And so, and I think all the tools are available for anyone to have, start a side hobby project business with their spouse, and um, so. Yeah, we're just going to start That's something that, that we're very bit. passionate about, but we haven't really talked about too much. And so um, if you're interested, let yeah. us know. But that's something that we're considering talking a little bit more about in future episodes of the podcast. But going back to last week and our rose, we took this trip to the beach last week. So Dan, first of all, Jared, tell, tell me who Dan is and tell them who yeah, well, what Dan's well, doing. Well, we wanted to go to the beach with just our friends, Dan and Erica, who are really close friends of ours and just you know hang out and have a good time. And then that turned into... You know, we wanted to spend a specific amount of time discussing our 
business and what we do and what we're wanting to do with it. And well, and cause first of all, Dan works full time for us. Yeah, so Dan works full time for us. He's our first full time like employee. Really. Well, Cam- Cambria has been working with us for three plus yeah. years now, and she's you know a core vertebrae as far as what we do and how we're able to do what we do. Um, but Dan's like the first full time in the office every day. Yeah, you know, and I think it's just been a huge like him coming from the Nike world, like leaving a job at Nike and having all these skill sets in this background and this, like he just has all the skills that Jeremy and I don't and all the know-how that we don't. And so bringing that into what we're doing so that we can make all the resources we're providing to you guys and the things that we're doing more intentional and more specific and more organized and more structured. Yeah. Just all the things. So we did this beach trip and... And what came out of it was our vision statement and our mission statement. For um, our businesses, which we're really excited yeah, well, about because we've never had that before. The roll-off company. A lot of things fall under that. But yeah, for our, like everything we do, we now have a vision statement. We thought we'd share it with you guys. And this is a rose for us because this is really cool. We've been talking about it for years. Yeah. So, But we've never actually put it on paper yet. I'm going to share our vision and mission. Babe, do you want to read it or should I read it? I'll read the vision, you read the mission. Okay, so this is our, Audrey's going to read our vision statement, which is kind of like, overall in general, the work we do, we hope it helps this. To see a world working and living for God's kingdom. Boom. So super simple, but that's, that's like the vision. If everything we do can point towards that, like if that is, we want that to be the vision for everything we do. To see a world working and living for God's kingdom. And vision statements now, are always how, like super audacious. So. How we, the roll-off company, specifically does that is ignite, we ignite and equip others to, oops, did I misspell that up there? Um, we're reading the whiteboard here. I wrote it on the whiteboard. So we ignite and equip others to be more intentional with their relationships, work, faith, and life. So we ignite and equip is basically, you know, a lot of what we do and we and for the purpose of being intentional with people's lives. So that's kind of what we want to stand for. And, you know, the tools and resources, this podcast, Beating 50, all of that is kind of wrapped in wrapped into that mission statement, which ultimately achieves that vision. So for us, this is huge, huge rose. Um, massive progress. Massive progress. We're really excited about it. So, so uh, we just thought we'd share that with you guys, a little behind the scenes of stuff we've been working on since we've been back from book tour. book tour in Hawaii. We've been really trying to like make this summer focus on like structure for the things that we're doing and um, just laying down some better foundation so that we can continue to build and grow and provide new resources and new things. But we kind of realized, oh crap, we need to like, we need to do that in order to continue yeah. to grow and in order to continue to grow in a way that's sustainable to us and our yeah. lives and our marriage and et cetera. So for sure. We're excited so about we, it. Going off that, I mean, we appreciate every single one of you guys that's listening. Um, it's just so cool to think that, you know, this podcast has turned into what it has been as far as a tool to do just that. Mm-hmm. And it's so awesome to see so many people ignited from our book, A Love Letter Life, and equipped right. to just be more intentional. And their relationships work, faith, and life. Yeah, and so that, it's just super <laughs> cool. And like, we couldn't do any of this without you guys. And I just yeah. want to do make that call out because Absolutely. we really do value every listener, every purchase of our book. Um, it's just it's just amazing and super humbling. So um, yeah, thank you guys. Also, Audrey just reminded me behind the scenes here, 
that we are just shy of 3 million downloads on this podcast, which is so cool. (laughs) So, so cool. So thanks to you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, Do we even need a thorn? No. No. Okay. Well, (laughs) we just don't, we don't have a thorn and that's okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But this week has been... It's been a pleasure. I thought this was a fun episode to record. Yeah. Just a quick, quick recap. You know, we talked about the, those three categories in which we can protect our your love. Also, if you want to download our book, A Love Letter Life, for free and a free 30-day Audible subscription, um, you can go to audibletrial.com backslash Roloff. That's R-O-L-O-F-F. And Audible is A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Trial, T-R-I-A-L dot com backslash Roloff. You can get free 30-day subscription, which gets you access to 180,000 plus books at all times for free. Plus, you can download your first book for free. We hope you make it a love letter life. And then for you podcast listeners only, The Marriage Journal, you can get 10% off with the discount code podcast. 10 and that is at themarriagejournal.com thanks guys we will talk to you in a couple days have a good weekend